But I'm going to talk about, once again, we're going, to, we're going to wind up, hopefully, if we have time, into the book of Ephesians, again, chapter 5. But I want to go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. And, uh, you know, Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he said this, you don't have to turn there, you can turn to Galatians 1. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes it. Did you know you have to believe the gospel? for it to actually be power to you. Now, let me ask you a question. I know this church knows this. What is the gospel? What is it? Say it louder. What kind of news? Good news. The gospel is good news. Some people don't treat it like good news. It's good news. Say it again, good news. The gospel is good news. Did you know there's a lot in the gospels? Did you know there's a lot of correction in the Gospels? But it's still good news, right? We have to view the Word of God as beneficial to our lives regardless of what it's telling us. Amen? Does God want better for us? He wants better for us. And I want to read in verse 6 in Galatians uh, uh, 1. It says, I marvel, Paul writing, I'm in the uh, New, uh, New King James Version. He said, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what we you have received, let him be accursed. For I do not persuade for, do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I'm telling you, there's a powerful saying in there because I'm telling you, there's a lot of things being preached today that actually is not the truth of the gospel. Now, we got, we got the Holy Ghost on the inside of it. In fact, the Bible says we don't need anyone to teach us for we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, that anointing on the inside of us that will teach us what we need to know. And he wasn't in saying that we didn't need the fivefold ministry because he said that. He says, yeah, you've got somebody inside of you that will alert you when it's wrong. Amen? Listen, if you've got the Holy Ghost, listen, here's what we've got to learn to do. We've got to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost in us. Am I right? We've got to, listen, when something's not right, there's, there, there's a check on the inside of you. You just know it. You know it's wrong. And he said, listen, if anybody comes and preaches any other gospel other than what we have preached to you, let them be accursed, whether it be a man or an angel. Because if it's an angel, it's not the right angel. And it, see, there's a lot of things wanting to, to, to uh, 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 deceive people nowadays. And listen, I, I've, I've always said this, and I still say it over me all the time, I'll not be deceived. Say it with me, and I'll not be deceived. You've got to make up your mind, you're not going to be deceived. No matter what. You say, well, how are we going to, how are we going to know if we're being deceived? Listen, if it's not lining up with the Word of God, and if it's not in the Bible, somebody says, well, what I got for you is not in that book. Honey, you better turn tail and run. Rebuke that devil. Amen? Because I've heard people uh, say stuff like that. Well, what I'm saying is not in that book. 
Well, honey, this is the book I live by. So I'm not going to be deceived and take anything outside of this book. Amen. Praise God. And so he said, if I, for, do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. In other words, he couldn't, Paul's saying this, if I'm going to preach the gospel, it's not going to be a man pleaser. You, you know, the Bible says in the last days they'll heap up teachers for themselves because they have itching ears. Teacher, teacher, itch my, scratch my ears, tell me what I want to hear. Huh? Listen, the gospel is coming to bring freedom in our lives. And did you know a diluted, watered-down gospel does not bring deliverance? Amen? Amen. We, we got to get a hold of the Word of God and says, I'll not be deceived. I will not be I refuse to be deceived. And Paul said, listen, uh, trust me, my gospel is not going to get me pats on the back by men. Come on now. You said, what are they supposed to be, mean? No. Listen, th- what, what do we come to the conclusion the gospel is? Good news. All of it's good news, right? And so Paul says, listen... I, I, I can't, if I'm going to please God, I can't be pleasing all the time to men. Amen? And neither will you. Neither will I. Not that we're trying to make enemies by no means. But I'm telling you, we got to understand there is a gospel that's coming to deliver people. And I'm telling you, if we're not careful, it's a lot of things that are being said are bringing bondage to people. Verse 11 says, But I make known to you, brethren, listen to what Paul said, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. You said, what's he saying? He said, said, what I'm preaching and what I've written, it didn't come from man. Man didn't tell me that. Jesus did. Jesus gave me this gospel, and it come from a revelation of what he told me. Amen? So when we're reading Paul's letters, where did it come from? From Jesus. Jesus told him these things. So when we're reading, we say, well, I don't see how that could be right. Well, it came from Jesus. Huh? There's been a lot of times I've read the gospel and said, oh, we, oh me. Oh, my. Help me, Jesus. Anybody ever done that? But I decided when I read the gospel, I want to read it to bring change to me. Because the Bible says we have to be transformed because we have been conformed. When he said, don't be conformed to this world, we were already conformed to this world. Am I right? I I like to put it like this, don't stay conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove for yourselves what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Listen, I can't prove for you, but I can prove for me. Huh? Now, I can preach the gospel, but I'm telling you, we have to make up our minds whether we're going to let it change our lives or not. Look again what Paul says in the book of Acts. Knowing this, that Paul said, I didn't get this from man. It came straight from from Jesus Christ. And I'm just telling you what he has told me and revealed to me. Thank God Paul sat down and listened to the Holy Ghost and wrote letters. Amen. Verse 15, Paul said in Acts 26, So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he's given a, a testimony of what happened to him on the road to Damascus. And when he got knocked off his donkey. So he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. 
But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So he said this, he said, I'm sending you to deliver them from the power of darkness into light. Listen, every single one of us, we understand, and I I know we'll probably read it, maybe if I get to it, maybe if not, I'll I'll catch it later. But we understand that we were all a part of the kingdom of darkness, every single one of us. None of us was a part of the light before we got born again. We was a part of the darkness and the kingdom of darkness. He said, I'm coming to, to reveal to you and I'm coming to send you to... Uh, uh, now listen, he said to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. How are people's eyes open? How are they turning from darkness to light? It's through the gospel. That's the only way it happens. He says, he, he gives the light of the gospel. He gives the good news and people are can't leave darkness. Listen, you didn't get saved until you heard about Jesus. You couldn't get saved until you heard about Jesus. Well, watch Jesus the Word. Amen. You heard about the Word, and next thing you know, you accepted it. And the Bible says you came out of darkness into light. He said, I want you to turn them from a darkness uh, to light and from the power of Satan to God. Listen, we were under the sway and the power of the demonic forces of darkness, and most people don't even know it. They have no idea that their influence in their life, the spiritual influence in their life, is the kingdom of darkness. And the only way they can get out of that darkness is if light shows up. And the word is light. And so we got to understand the gospel, the good news, is, is sent for to bring us out of darkness into light from the power of Satan to God. And by doing that, when we do that, the next thing you know, God is bringing freedom in our life to live a new life in Christ Jesus. God did not bring you out of darkness to take you into something worse. He brought you out of darkness to bring you into something good and blessed for your life. But through the process, listen, when you get to come out of darkness and you go into light, you got to understand something. You, you, we, we, let me say we, because I'm included in this. We don't automatically think right. You get saved and you're still thinking the same old crazy thoughts. And if you're not what? Careful, you're still wanting to do the same old crazy things. Am I right? It, it took a process. You got born again. Instantly you were born again. You passed, The Bible says you passed from death unto life in the blink of an eye. Just when you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth, bam, you were born again. Your name was written in the Lamb's book of life. You're now a child of God, but you still have to deal with, with uh, your ways of life and, and the way you was brought up and, and the things of your family and all such as that. So Paul says that the gospel of Jesus Christ will start conform or transforming you from what you was conformed to to change you so you could be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you what, you might have been an ugly old worm, but I tell you what, if you'll let get in light, you'll start becoming a, become a butterfly. Huh? I'm telling you what, that little old ugly caterpillar crawling around, crawling that little hairy thing running around there, you think that's one of the ugliest things. He'll climb him a tree somewhere, hang from it, get in a cocoon, and all of a sudden something's happening in that cocoon. You can't eat cocoon, cocoon, cocoon. 
cocoon, 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 cocoon. And so, have you ever looked at a cocoon and, and think, well, isn't that a wonderful, pretty butterfly? But there's something happening in that cocoon that we can't see with our eyes, but it's about to be manifested outside that when all the work's done on the inside. You know, you can look at baby Christians and Christians, and, and, and if you're not careful, you'll start seeing the ugliness of what they're doing instead of what God's doing on the inside of them. Listen, the Word of God's working in you if you're putting the Word of God in you. If you're not putting no Word in you, there's no Word working in you. But if you're putting the Word of God in you, it's working in you. And I, what it's doing... <clears throat> It's transforming you into the image of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it's not always fun in transformation. It's not always fun in transformation. You have to fight your flesh. You have to fight your mind. You have to cast things down. I'm telling you, it's something that, you know, here's what I figured out. God ain't trying to get me to change to hurt me. He's trying to get me to change to help me. Amen? And the good news is exactly that. Good news. It may not seem like it uh, right then, but it is transforming our lives. So he said, I want you to open their eyes. I want you to bring them out of darkness. And how do you do it? By the Word of God that I'm going to reveal to you. Hallelujah. Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Verse chapter 3. Who's up there? Holly. King James verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what the Bible says the gospel will do. It's equipping you. It's changing us. It's bringing correction. Do we need correction from time to time? Correction is not always, always fun. But correction is always beneficial. That's why we, that's why we teach our children. Because we know that we want better for them. We want their lives to be good. It's to instruct us in what? In the way we should live. That, that what that means when the instruction in righteousness, righteousness being right standing with God, are doing the right things. For it's instructing us in righteousness or in doing right. What does the New Living Translation say, Holly, on, on, that verse, on those verses? All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Next verse. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. That's what I was going to That's my next scripture. Punch in the Amplified up there, Holly. Here you quick. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what the Bible's for. That's what the Bible's for. It's training us. It's equipping us. It's bringing correction in our life. 
And Paul, listen, when we look at it sometimes, if we're not careful, we say, well, you know, that's kind of rough and that's kind of hard. Listen, sometimes we're hard headed. But just because of that don't mean it's not God's inspired word of God that's here to change us and to help us. I know you don't feel like jumping up and running around the church. I'm not either right now. But the thing about it is, I'm telling you, the gospel's good news. Amen. Good news. And so here, here we are in the gospel. Paul writing these letters. Go to Ephesians real quick. I'll just start this. I won't, I won't get very far in it. We're just giving the Astros time to catch up. Or to get it go, go ahead, one, one. Now in Ephesians chapter five, we've been in the, you know, we, we, I don't, we got close to the bottom of Ephesians, but I preached on Ephesians four. So I, I want to jump over here real quick and let's read something real, read this real quick and kind of start here. Verse five, chapter five, verse one. Paul writing this. Can I, we all know who was this letter written to? The church. It was written to Christian people, to the saints and faithful who are in Ephesus. So he wrote this letter. All Paul's letters were written to the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, the church at Colossae, the Colossae, I guess that's how you say it, uh, the church of uh, uh, Philippi. He, he wrote these letters to the churches. What did he say the scriptures was? Inspired and God breathed. What is the gospel? Good news. But I'm telling you, when you read it, you think, ouch, sometimes. But let's just start with a couple of verses here. Therefore, the Bible says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God as dear children. Verse 1 in the uh, the NIV says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children. Uh, Let me me look at this in a, a contemporary English version says, do as God does. After all, you are his dear children. After all, you're his children. One translation says, watch what God does and then do it. Watch what God does and then do it. Paul says we're to be imitators of God as dear children. We're to imitate God. That means to do what he says do. Remember what he says in, I think it's John 12, 14. Uh, Punch that up there, uh, Holly. I think it's 12 of John 14. I'm going to carry you around a little bit. Uh, John 12, 14. We'll see. Or 14, 12. I'm sorry, it's 14, 12. Turn to 14, 12. Act like I didn't even say that part. John 14, 12. He says this. For most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Jesus said, listen, the what I'm doing, anybody ever read the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Kind of told you, it shows you what Jesus did or what he was doing. The Bible says he was destroying the works of the devil. That's what it says in 1 John 3. He says he was destroying the works of that elucidant and dissolving what the devil had done. Every blind eye that Jesus opened, he was undoing what the devil had done. Every diseased person, Jesus was undoing what the devil did. And he said this, he said, you can do what I do. You can do what I do. And Paul says this, be imitators of God. Imitator, do what God does as dear children imitate their father. See, we are to imitate God. And the Bible says in Ephesians that we're to be imitators of God as dear children and copy or do what God does. How are we going to know what God... The only way we can know what God does is when we see it in the Word. That's why Jesus said you can lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. He says you can cast out devils. Some people don't even think demons still uh, 
possessed people nowadays. There's a lot of demon possessed people, demon possessed people in the world. You, you, you walk, you can just go out some time and watch. Not that I'm saying them are demon possessed, but I, I see some people acting kind of weird. That don't mean they're demon possessed because some people just act weird. But the thing about it is, he says we are to, uh, we are to be able to imit- be imitating Jesus and walking and doing what he said to do because that is a charge that God gave us. He wrote to the Ephesian church, said imitate God as dear children. And that's not only for the church at Ephesus. He's, it's for word of life in Grosbeck, Texas. It's for us. I'm going to imitate God today. Amen? And then he goes on to say, and walk in love. Imitate God and walk in love. God, Jesus could do nothing but walk in love. I wonder why. He was love. And walk in love. He said, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. Did you know there's an element in many people's lives that is missing and it's the element of love? Not that they don't have it. If you're born again, you have love. In fact, you have the God kind of love been poured into your heart by the Holy Ghost, according to Romans 5, 5. So God poured the love of God in us. He said, okay, I want you to imitate me, and I want you to walk in love. That needs to be a lifestyle among Christians. Wonder what would happen if every born-again believer, every born-again believer went to bed tonight, woke up in the morning, said, this is my love-walking day. I'm going to walk in love and I'm going to love everybody no matter what they say, no matter what they do to me today. I'm just going to love them and say, God bless you, hallelujah, so glad you're here. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, I am just purposing in my heart that I'm going to walk in love today. I'm telling you something, you have to decide that every day of your life. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of things want to rub you, uh, ruffle you and turn you the wrong way. He said, if you can imitate God, we've got to walk in love. Now, I'm not talking about love. I, I, I'm one of these firm believers that love is not, uh, uh, love does not lay, roll over and lay down and play dead. I'm telling you, love don't rejoice at an injustice. But the thing about it is, there is love. And if you'll watch Jesus' life, was he love? Was he tough love sometimes? He told Pharisees and Sadducees, you're but brood of vipers. Man, you're whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. I mean, that wasn't real kind and nice, was it? But he was walk, love. Listen, love, love will speak the truth. Love will always speak the truth. Love will always speak the truth. Sometimes we, people, not, not us, I'm talking about sometimes people will go around the truth because they don't want to make somebody mad. Let me tell you about walking in love. There's a heart to that. There's an attitude to that. I said there's an attitude to love. I mean, you can tell somebody the right thing the wrong way and not do any good. You can tell them the wrong way, the the wrong thing the right way and impact their lives. But the thing about it is you can tell them the right thing in the right way and I'm telling you, it'll change people's lives. Some people need to, they want to know the truth. We're supposed to tell them the truth. So Paul said, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and and given Himself for us, and offering in a sacrifice to God a sweet-smelling aroma. Listen, love is going to be the key thing that's going to reach people's lives. Amen. In fact, the Bible says they're going to know you by the love that you show. 
Tells how they're going to know you're a child of God and a disciple of God. Jesus said, because of the love that you show one towards another. So Paul's saying, you got to, we got to learn to what, do you know you got to learn to walk in love? We got to grow in love. I'm talking about the God kind of love. Praise God. We can do it. Hallelujah. I know Linda used to tell, I would, I would, I've always, I used to make excuses for the way I was. Well, that's not the way my family was. Or that's not the way my family did it. God spoke to me one time and said, you're not a part of that family. You're a part of my family. Huh? If we're not careful, we'll try to uh, use our excuses of the, what, either what we was raised up or something like this. We're in a brand new family here. A brand new family. And so God's love is on the inside of us. He says, you've got to walk and live in love. To imitate God, you have to do that. Notice what verse 3 says. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. Who's this letter written to? Church. The church. What's the gospel? <laughs> Don't sound like it, does it? You think, what's wrong with this? He said, Don't let it be uh, named among you for fitting for neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Basically, Paul, and we know that it says it in other places, that he says, you're going to have to put a watch or guard over your mouth. Did you know we let foolish things come out of our mouth? People always say stuff like this, and I'm going to close up and wrap up, but the thing about it, they'll make statements like, well, we're so poor we can't pay attention. That's foolish talk. That's, for, that's coarse jesting. That's just saying crazy things come out of our mouth. See, if we're not careful, we got our speaker hooked up to our feelings. Well, we can never get ahead. We can never make it. Our, 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 we can, our, our money never goes far enough. That's just foolish talk. He said, what you ought to do to be doing is giving thanks. Thank God for what you got. Thank God for Listen, I've had to correct myself a whole lot of times when I went into the, down the road of complaining and had to stop and say, hold on, Randy, you got this, you got this, you need to be thankful for that and start thanking for God for what you got instead of what you don't. It's so easy to see what you don't have instead of what you do have. Huh? I'm telling you, I, I kept myself, we kept, I kept, I kept, I'll just say, I kept ourselves in bondage so many times and so long by what was coming out of my mouth. I'm telling you, the, you, 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 you can know the power of your words and still contradict everything the Word of God says and wonder why things aren't changing. And we've got, we've got to connect with the Word of God. He said, don't let foolish things come out of your mouth, but the giving of thanks. God, I thank you that you supply my every need. According to your riches and glory by Christ. Somebody just say it with me. I thank you, Jesus, for supplying my every need in Jesus' name. Listen, we've been, in, we've been, uh, uh, give me five minutes. Listen, when we, when we got saved, listen, we, we struggled. I kept ourselves in a financial bind. I did it. I know I did it. I kept the I, I kept blocking the blessings in our life because I'm telling you I wasn't giving thanks I was giving complaints. 
I mean, we would, we, we, we couldn't buy, buy, buy tires. We couldn't put gas in the car. We couldn't put boat. Uh, I mean, we never went hungry and we had all those things are, uh, uh, taken care of. But I'm telling you something. I've had members of our church correct me on not wanting to receive. Needed tires one time and a guy in our church come back and he had no idea what he ain't said. He said, I'll tell you what, I want you to go and put four new tires on the car and I'm going to pay for it. I said, no. No, no, no. I'm good. And he said this to me. You preached to us to obey God. I said, all right, where do you want me to go? And so sometimes we, 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 we little block the blessings of God because we're not thankful. And I've got good thanks. In fact, that, that guy did several things in, in our, our, our lives and such as that. And, and, uh, you know, uh, we can't do this. We can't, we can't put gas in the car. We can't do this. Listen, we are to thank God for what gas is in the car. We are to thank God it's not $6.30 a gallon like it is in Australia. Boy, I started thanking God for that after he told me it was $6.30 a gallon. I thought, thank you, Jesus. It wears us $2 and something. Huh? I'm telling you, we got to get thankful for some stuff. Thank God we live in the United States of America. You say it's got some trouble. Yeah, it's got some troubles, but our trouble's a whole lot better than some of these other countries going on over there. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank God we have, have groceries. Amen. Instead of making foolish gestures or, or coarse jesting and, and, and it's not fitting for us as being saved or being Christians. Thank God for what we have. Thank God for what we have. I said, thank God for what we have. Man, I tell you what, I, I, I told Linda today, I said, I got a problem. I don't have enough room in my closet for my clothes. And I got a walk-in closet. Three rods. I said, I don't have enough room in my closet. I said, the only way I can get my winter clothes in there is if I take my summer clothes out and put them in. And I've never had to do that before. But I got a problem. I just keep buying clothes. I'll walk into S&S Ag, and Katie will be in there and says, uh, uh, you noticed our new shirts? She started buying cents at a cheaper price than anybody you, anywhere you can buy them. And so I'll walk out of there with a couple of them. In fact, I went in there the other day and bought two or three new shirts, walked out there and realized I done had one of them. Carried it to the cleaners, had it all pressed and everything, brought it back. And I said, hmm, looks like I got one just like that. So I gave it to somebody else. I didn't give the one I've been wearing. I gave the new one they never had on. And I just found somebody to give it to. Come on now. Isn't that fun? It's not fun that I can't remember what shirts I got, but it's fun that you can give. Huh? I look in my wife's closet. I don't look in my wife's closet. You can't get in my wife's closet. But the thing about, well, you can now. You cleaned it out. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm quitting right now. But she got in her closet. She's done this, I don't know how many times. And she said, we got trash bags. We got 30-gallon trash bags. 
And so she I'm cleaning my closet out. So she goes in there and she comes out with, with the bags full of shoes and clothes. And I said, what are you doing with them? She said, I'm giving them away. To the lady that comes in and cleans our house once a month, she said, I'm just going to give them to her. And so she gives them, and how many, I don't know how many bags she has given in her closet. Still, she can't get all her clothes in them. I walked in the other bedroom and the bed is covered with clothes. Hers. You're unpacking. From what? From last week. No, I, we go for three days and I have to get a crane to load her, her suitcase in my car. I said, good Lord, lady, we're only here for third service the three days. But that ain't the deal. All of them didn't say it. I was listening. The whole purpose is this. The whole, I don't know why you said this. But to be thankful. I mean, I got wore out clothes that I wear more than I do the new ones. I like them better. I'd rather wear a wore out t-shirt than a new shirt. And I thank God for them because they're coming in style again. Holy jeans. But he said, don't complain, but give thanks. Give thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you. We thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're doing in our lives. God, we thank you for the vehicles we drive. We thank you for the houses that we live in. We thank you for the jobs that we have, God. Our seed, uh, the source of our seed. God, we're so grateful that even though we may not see it, our families are going to serve God, are serving God. God, we thank you that you're doing a mighty work in Word of Life Family Worship Center and in this region, in this area. We're so grateful, Lord Jesus. We're not going to try to pick apart the bad things. We're going to look for the good. And God, the good's far out going to outweigh the bad and whatever's going on in our lives. Father, we're so thankful tonight that our eyes are being opened and the gospel is good news and you're conf- transforming us from the in- the, the change is taking place on the inside of us. And we thank you so much for it. We give you glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God.